Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One can help but be positive. And Newton! The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. Uh, I'm not happy yeah. about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so <laughs> stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. When you went to that level, it was just force. We we wasn't ready, but we're gonna be ready this time. I appreciate oh, well, Jalen. Uh, he won't be there. Wow, Jalen, you don't want to talk. Thank you, Jalen. There's a lot of from last night's broadcast of the All Star Game festivities in Indianapolis, Indiana. That was the best pregame show in the history of pregame shows. Of course, unless uh, you were old enough to have actually consumed Brent Musburger, Irv Cross, Phyllis George, and Jimmy the Greek on the NFL Today on CBS way back in the good old days. But the best show on TV right now, as far as pregame shows go, is the NBA on TNT. That was Ernie. That was Kenny, Sir Charles, and Shaq with Draymond Green and Jalen Brown having a very frank chat about the NBA Today and Jalen Brown admitting, Andy, I love that clip that he said last time when the Golden State Warriors decided to make things more physical, the Celtics weren't prepared to fight back. Now they'll be prepared. And then, of course, Charles Barkley got the burn in, like, well, Draymond doesn't have to worry because he's not going to be there. Because, the honestly, it's been a one-man show for the Golden State Warriors this year. They've been kind of a mess as well. Whereas the Celtics get into the all-star break at the top of the Eastern Conference. Actually, they're just the, they're the top dog overall. In the NBA, this is Fitzy and Hart, hour number two, coming at you right now on Boston Sports Original, 93.7 FM, WEEI, WEEI.com. And, of course, as always, free uh, on the Odyssey app if you choose to listen live or rewind back in, in case you want to miss anything from the first hour. And, of course, you can always hear Fitzy and Hart subscribing to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast. Andy, I want to get your thoughts. Uh, obviously, you're big up right now on Jalen on Tatum, on the Zinger, everyone, Boston Celtics, and, of course, the 100th win recently for Coach Joe Missoula. Is he a liability or an asset to the team now? But first, one quick call to tidy things up on the Red Sox. David is in the car, would like to talk Sox and maybe make a Pat's point. We're here for you, David. What's up, buddy? Good afternoon, guys. Thank you for taking the call. 
of course. So, you know, this is what's disappointing. When you hear the call about when Mookie Best came back to town and how exciting the stand ovation, you know, and it goes to show you how this, not only the Red Sox, now it's the Patriots, obviously, for the last couple of years, not doing anything for the fan base to, to bring in talent, uh, you know, and this is why people, I think, are walking away from, from these franchises, including myself, I did, from the Patriots with my season tickets because, you know, when you've been devoted all these years and, and lately when you see it on, on, you know, on the pads, you see it on the Red Sox where you're not getting anything in return. You know, it's, it's pretty sad. You know, you, you have the crafts are worried about the jumbotron there. You have the, the Red Sox are worried about bringing in the, the tourists to the tourist, the stadium versus the, the, the diehard fans that for years sat there and supported, the, you know, these organizations. And it's pretty pathetic. And, and I know for a fact that there's listeners out here that write reports and, and bounce them back to ownership. I know that for a fact because I am one of those guys who does that for certain companies. So being a private investigator and all. So I know a lot of what's said out here, it gets back to the ownership. But what's really pathetic is what they don't do anything to make it better. And that's really sad that New England has gone to this. It really is. Uh, David, it's tough to disagree with you on a lot of that, and thank you for the call. I think David right there, we know he's a, a P1 to the station, a regular caller, loyal listener, and an avid diehard Boston sports fan. Andy, if you've got the people that have been making Boston sports their centerpiece on the dining room table, the conversation starter uh, at the bar in line picking up the kids from school, uh, and something that you're impassioned about that you listen to sports talk regularly, and now you believe that a sense of complacency following the dominant run of the new title town of the past 20 years has set in. How does it turn around? Where, where, do, do we need somebody like the Celtics to give us a taste? I think it's a good question to sort of walk into our Celtics conversation with um, <clears throat> that David sort of just helped us stumble in with. Do we need the Boston Celtics, who I believe, I think both of us can roundly agree that they are the team of the four, we have the most confidence in possibly bringing another title back to Boston, correct? Oh, absolutely. Okay, no, yeah, no that, question. Yep. I mean, they're Just making sure. I, Didn't want to speak. I think, I think a lot of us are getting to the point where it's like huh, championship or bust this year. <laughs> For serious, uh, yeah, I, but couldn't agree more. And is it going to take somebody like are the Celtics going to have to? Not only get there for themselves, obviously, first and foremost, each individual player, let alone the team and the pride they would take in another parade and banner number 18 up in the rafters of the TD Garden. But is it going to take something like the Celtics getting Boston back on track in terms of just like, no, this is how it has to be. Like, we can't, like, guys, we can't just all be willing to prepare for a sale and kind of go in the gutter or the toilet for a while and just be happy to make a little money and well we'll figure it out soon enough like i do wonder if the celtics may have to become like the north star of boston sports for a while to kind of pull everyone up by the proverbial bootstraps well i mean we're really talking about two teams here we're talking about the red sox and the patriots now interestingly generally this was seen as a baseball town red sox town until it became a patriots town and a football town the other two teams, the Bruins went all in last year. Yep. Unfortunately, they didn't make it out of the first round. But they went all in. They invested heavily in that team financially, trade-wise. The whole thing didn't work. I think the Bruins are trying to win. Whether they're yep. close or not is irrelevant. They are trying, and they did try very hard last year. The Celtics are indeed making the Red Sox and Patriots look bad. They are the new age 
we go big, we invest, we want to win more than anything, we'll pay $100 million in tax bills, all of that. And the pay, the Red Sox, to me, there's no excusing them. They are an embarrassment right now the way they're managing their team. The Patriots, I struggle with. I, I'll be honest with you. I struggle with, are they not investing these cheap shots about investing in the big TV instead of the team? I mean, and I know the numbers are what they are, and I know Robert Kraft has come out and said every coach we've ever had got what he wanted. We never held anybody back from doing anything they wanted to do. So was this a Belichick problem in terms of you know, finishing at the bottom over the last X number of years and spending and all that? I mean, Robert Kraft opened up and wasn't real happy with the return on investment his purse a couple of years ago in free agency. They had a record-setting, uncharacteristically aggressive free agent spending period that didn't work. That didn't, you know, and sort of not surprisingly, because it doesn't really work in the NFL when it's when you're bad and you try to get good, you get better, but you don't get good, and then you fall back even a little bit after that. Um, but you have an you have a head coach who on our very station said they're going to burn cash, right? So this isn't the. I mean, maybe they cash. won't do it. I guess <laughs> Red Sox said full throttle and did the opposite of full throttle. They could not have stalled out worse and rolled backwards down the hill. That's what they're doing. They're headed towards a river. <laughs> they were going up a hill. They stalled. Now they're rolling into a river that's at the base of the hill. But I mean, I guess if the if the Patriots don't spend, it's a different story. But won't you be stunned if they don't go out and spend a boatload of money after after Gerard Mayo said we're going to burn cash, baby? Oh, if they knowing how much money they have available to them, like a third of a of an NFL roster's available cash, I believe once they move on from J.C. Jackson, they'll have over eighty million dollars available yes. to spend. And I know there are some priority free agents that we'll talk about later on in the program once we pivot Patriots after our little Celtics break here, but. I mean, between the guys you have in-house that you want to hold on to and what you need, what, what were your deficiencies out there last year, they absolutely, I'd be stunned if they don't burn the majority of that. Uh, just, just for optics, let alone to signal the dawn of a new era as well and to prove a point. Absolutely. Plus guys that are trying to um, validate their existence and their capabilities in Gerard Mayo and Elliot Wolf as they take over. You know, they know... They can't stumble around. They don't have any Belichick cachet to live off of. They're a first-time head coach and a first-time whatever the hell Elliot Wolf is, president of football or GM or whatever the title he's going to end up with is next week when they announce all these, apparently. Um, but so I think there's a couple different um, motivations or uh, circumstances going on with the Red Sox and the Patriots. But David's right. On some level, I don't give a rat's katukis how the sausage is made. If the sausage tastes like crap, I don't want it. And for the last couple of years, the sausage in Foxborough and the sausage in Fenway has been crappy. So find a new recipe, find a new maker, find a new supplier, do whatever the hell you got to do to get out of it. And while we have to wait and see what the Patriots do, I think we're all confident that the Red Sox are not doing everything they can to win this year. Is that accurate? Do we all agree on that? They're yeah, not and, trying and, to win right now. And I think we believe that the Bruins did all, like you mentioned before, that the Bruins did all they could last year. It didn't work. It kind of blew up on them, and now they're kind of cash-strapped as they head into, um, you know, they can't make a lot of moves that they would want to make unless they trade some of their own bigger parts heading into free agency to be able to shake things up and acquire some players now because they don't have a lot of money to play with. The Celtics are doing everything they can, in our estimation, to go for it and be and compete and hopefully win a championship. And so now the the onus is on the Patriots to 
turn around and start, ah, well, it's a five-year plan. Ah, the hell with your five-year plan. Whoa, 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 five-year plan. You're already four years into this plan, so that's going to be a nine-year plan? But now, with a, but, now with a new, but now with a new general manager unannounced, nope. maybe we'll I don't care. Week and we'll, I, I don't see? care. Okay. Yep. Nope, not doing it. For my life, it's nine years. I don't care how you want to parse it and break it up in your little mm. business world. I've been watching four years of post-Tom Brady nothingness, so mm-hmm. if you have a five-year plan, you expect me to come you to commit to nine years of unfulfilling football fun get the bleep out of here win yeah. baby just win baby no i don't, or, don't disagree with you at all. Me. yes please the Sox probably will not be capable of it the patriots certainly were not last season uh you know the bruins are doing their damnedest making the best they can and i still think they've got a whole lot of good hockey left in them and like you and i said earlier in the year if they advance and we both believe they will They'll go further than they did last year. That's, then they get into house money territory because people lowered their expectations following Correct. last year. And the Celtics' expectations are through the roof. How we manage those expectations, what we truly think of the moves they've made, the moves that have been countermade by teams like Milwaukee and more, we'll get to all of that momentarily with our great pal, John Corrales. He is on every Celtics podcast under the sun. He writes the best Celtics content outside, of course, from the wonderful stuff our guy Justin Turpin does for WEEI.com. John Corrales from Boston Sports Journal joins us momentarily to talk all things Celtics as we catch up at the All-Star break. And, of course, we welcome your calls and more at 617-779-7937. And now to catch you up on everything trending in the wide world of Boston sports and beyond, here's Zach Coe. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. But yeah, uh, when, when LeBron retires, you know, the face of the league, uh, that's tough. But, you know, we win a championship. I got something to say about it. I know that. Jason Tatum at the All-Star break talking about the potential new face of the NBA once LeBron James retires. If we win a championship, I got something to say about it. Andy, an immediate reaction to that kind of ballsy reply from Tatum. It might be the uh, best quote I've ever heard from him. I love it. I absolutely could not love it more. Uh, Those of us that have questioned his alpha doggedness and leadership or whatever, and I know he's always wanted to be a star, but the fact that he said, if I win a title, not, you know, I can be, I, I this, the whole, the whole thing, the whole mentality about it, I could not love anymore. I became more of a Jason Tatum fan with that quote. 
Now, this season, he's playing 36 minutes a game so far through 52 games. Points are down three points a game from last season. Field goal percentage slightly up, three slightly up. Rebounds on par, assists on par as well. Yet it feels as though some momentum may be building for, <clears throat> uh, excuse me, a, an MVP type of campaign season for him. And to discuss that, where the Celtics sit, the All-Star game, and so much more. Joining us on the Harbor One Hotline, he is, of course, the host on the Locked On Celtics pod. Well, he we, he will be joining us momentarily. I don't want, I, you, know, you know what, his intro is so big and it's so long. I have so many flowers that I have to offer to John that uh, just takes moments to uh, introduce him. So we'll have him uh, in minutes uh, here, momentarily here on the Harbor One Hotline here on Fitzy and Hart. Um, do you think right now, though, Andy, I'll get your spin before we get John on the line. Do you think that Tatum right now is or should be considered a front runner or top five for MVP in the NBA? Funny you should ask, because something I've been meaning to do, I just did while you were speaking. I opened up my FanDuel app, mm -hmm. and I took my $25 bonus bet, thanks to Gronk missing his kick in the oh, Super Bowl. Oh, come on. And I placed it on Jason Tatum at plus 4,000 to win the NBA MVP, so $25 will become 1,000. Wait, hold on a second. You got him at 40? He's 40 to 1 right now? That's what I just bet. I tell you, my, my active bet. Yep. Plus 4,000, Jason Tatum behind Get Jokic, uh, Gilgis Alexander, Giannis, mm -hmm. and Luka. Yeah, Gilgis Alexander is building a hell of a conviction. Nope. Don't say it. I want $1,000, Fitzy. Don't say it. 40 to 1. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, you got to put at least a sprinkle. That's worth at least beer and pizza money, if not actually. And that's, a, if, if a bonus bet isn't worth doing something like that, where it's like, right. it was never my money in the first no. place. Perfect. And if I win, I'm going to be like, damn, I got a lot of money. I'm going to be a happy fellow if I win. If I lose, man, whatever. It was a bonus bet. Plus, now I can root for Tatum because, you know, I've always had a, um, a frenemy relationship, I guess, with Jason Tatum. Uh -huh. I'm not the biggest Tatum fan. He has grown on me. His consistency this year has really pulled me in his direction. More comments like that will pull me in his direction. And then what will really pull me into his camp fully will be a postseason if he consistently shows up quarter to quarter, game to game throughout each and every series. And, of course, wins me $1,000. That would work out quite nicely. Okay, so... FanDuel has who accordingly? It's Jokic, who's just a perennial favorite. Obviously, Embiid kind of out of it now because he's been out injured for so long. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yep. Luca. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. You're not going to bet against me and bet somebody else, I, are you? No, I wouldn't. Why would I okay. want to bet against you? It's good. So for then the you show. can root Although for yourself. Maybe I should. And against should. me, it's it's perfect actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably good for the show. That's what I'm saying. Like kind of what con we do. <laughs> content for the show. That's actually on brand for the Fitzy Hard program. All right, we have made a successful connection. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, of course, from the Boston Sports Journal. He is the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast and Locked On NBA podcast as well. His is usually the voice you hear. After Celtics games, asking the tough questions to Joe Mazzulla, who I think he's got a little bit of a frenemy-based relationship, just like Fitzy and Hart do here on the program. He is the one and the only John Corrales joining Fitzy and Hart. What's up, Johnny? <laughs> Not much. How you doing, man? Oh, it's great, man. It's great to hear your voice. It's a great time to catch up on all things Celtics and hoops. Uh, before we get into some of the specifics, team-wide, league-wide, and more, where are because we know, like, the relationship between Washburn and Missoula is great theater. I mean, it is just great with Joe with his little smart, smart Alec 
little his little sarcastic snapbacks and all the stats he brings to the table. Where are you guys right now? How do you and Missoula get along? Uh, um, we've got a good, uh, healthy Rhode Island respect slash rivalry going. I, I I think that might be the best way to put it. Uh, you know, he's from Johnson. I'm from Pawtucket. We know, we know, uh, we get that Rhode Island connection. Uh, he, I think, and, and we talk like sometimes after press conferences and stuff, like if there's something that, if I feel like he didn't take it the right way, or if he feels like I didn't get the right message, we'll talk afterwards and like clear the air. And so there's a good, healthy respect there. I think, I think we, um, we're, we're in a good place. It's not, it's not, it's not as adversarial as it might come off, but I think, I think the best way I could put it is, uh, you remember the old, like, uh, uh, Wiley coyote cartoons with the sheepdog where they would walk in with the lunch pails, punch the clock and then, you know, go at each other for the whole thing. And then we're at five o'clock, the whistle would sound, they punch the clock like, okay, see you tomorrow. Like that's (laughs) kind of like how we are. Um, so John, what do you think of Missoula at this point in his evolution? Because, you know, we all talked about, um, Sam Cassell and Charles Lee and veteran guys, and maybe they're getting people ready to replace him in the off season. That was sort of a narrative or a storyline. He wins his hundredth game. He's been very open, um, talking about narratives and criticisms and different things in the media. How have you seen him maybe evolve? And do you think he's less of a question mark for this team that has its eyes on a banner? Look, I, I'll be honest with you. My, I, I have a very high respect level and high regard for Joe Missoula. I feel like he has the right mentality for this job. And I think he's coming at it from the right place. Um, he's trying to get these guys to think a little differently. And when he's talking with us, his biggest focus isn't even the X's and O's. It's the mental side. It's keep your focus. Forget the narrative. When he talks about narratives, like forget the fact that this is uh, you lost to the Lakers, let's say. it's You lost a game. You lost one of 82. And you shouldn't be approaching any one of these 82 any differently than any other one of 82. And I know someone listening might be like, well, no, it's the Lakers. But that what that mentality is supposed to do is level the playing field and be like, you play the Lakers you the same way you play the Wizards. And, you know, those were both games where they had uh, some some issues, and that's part of the learning curve. So X's and O's, like, I don't think people understand. Everybody in the league is brilliant. Like, Adrian Griffin was brilliant at X's and O's. He just couldn't coach and couldn't connect with these guys and couldn't hit them with the, the, the right mentality. Um Phil Jackson was called the Zen master because of his ability to connect with guys and connect egos and, and get those guys all on the same page. So that's, that's where like, look at Eric Spolstra. Yeah. He throws a zone out there. That that's kind of creative, but it's heat culture. It's so that's kind of where he is. So I, I think he's doing really, really well. I think he's getting these guys to where they need to be. And I think it shows up in, in the record. Uh, John Corrales from Boston Sports Journal and the Locked On Celtics podcast, joining Fitzy and Hart to talk all things Celtics right now here on WEI via the Harbor One hotline. So, John, you just heard that we were talking about Jason Tatum and how he's seemingly building a little MVP campaign momentum. He's been playing great, was uh, hotter than a stolen pistol on the way into the All-Star break, had some great games. 
And, you know, I feel like we've sort of, I don't want to play, be the guy that says, we've seen this movie before or we've done this before where he catches fire at a time. He's going to be the MVP. Now he's got that dog in him. This is the year he finally takes it all on his broad developing shoulders, wins a championship, and becomes the man. But you heard him just say, if we win a championship, I'm going to have something to say about being the new face of the league. Where do you sit right sure. now with where with that confidence that Tatum is exuding and what kind of season he's having on this team with the best record in the NBA? I mean, he has a point. He has the second best, uh, second most popular jersey in the league. So the fans, it resonates with the fans. Uh, his play has been, again, like I go back to the Missoula stuff, the mentality. Think about him dropping 31 points in the first half the other day and not trying to go for 60 in a, a year where everybody is scoring. Like we, we've had already had like four 60 point games, a couple of 70 point games. Mm-hmm. Tatum has an opportunity and he doesn't go for it. Uh, and that's because the team is trying to work on things. Like Missoula is working on certain things in that situation. Like now we're going to have Jalen Brown handling the ball in the fourth quarter, which he hasn't done well. We need to get some film on that. So, Jason, we need you to take a step back, kind of spot up a little bit, be a decoy, be a screen setter, and let's let's let Jalen handle like the fourth quarter stretch so he can learn and, and handle that and we can get some film on it. And Tatum's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like that that mentality is what we're talking about and, and what's gonna make him now I don't know MVP because he he'll make a push, maybe, but he's he's not gonna win the MVP. Uh, it's still going to be, you know, Jokic or Giannis, the same, the same group of, uh, of guys, but he'll, he'll get some noise and it's because he's willing to do the other things on top of score and he's willing to score in different ways. And, and Joe likes to use the term. He's not defined just by his scoring. He, you know, he'll go out there and grab 14 rebounds. No problem. You know, he'll go out there and block three shots. He'll, so that's that's what Jason Tatum, that's the step that he's taking. It's not, like, he's proven what he's had to prove. And now the last thing he has to prove is his ability to win a championship. And I think he's he's entirely focused on that. He's not focused on the individual scoring. He's not focused on putting up you know, as many points as he possibly can. And he'll do it if he has to, if he can, if, if it's, you know, within the flow. But that's, that's what's making him the, the type of guy that you're talking about. So first of all, I'd prefer you talk a little more optimistically about Tatum's MVP chances since I just put $25 down on him to win the MVP. With <laughs> um, so I'm looking for a $1,000 cash out uh, later this, uh, this summer. Secondly, um, I am generally the cynic, and I am on board with the Celtics. I, I think it's now basically beat Denver or bust kind of season, like put them in the finals. I look forward to that matchup with Jokic, whatever. If you were to say they don't, uh, reach the finals and they don't reach their peak potential. What are the one or two things you're concerned about at this point in the season with them? What would keep them from winning a championship? Jeez, uh, it, it would be. I mean, the, the the most obvious answer would be health, right? Like, I think I think Christoph Porzingis is is like obviously Tatum is the best player, but. Boy, Porzingis kind of changes such a so much that if he were to get hurt, that would that would kind of level the playing field a little bit because he's such a mismatch and so much flows off of that. Um, if it, beyond that, it would 
I, I don't even know as far as the Celtics something going wrong. Uh, if the Celtics don't make it and it, and they are fully healthy, it would be because I don't know they they Jalen Brunson shot eighty percent from three, you know, or some some freak thing where they they get beat by a team that's playing out of their minds and and they just get beat. I I I, I just feel like and, and I'm my optimism level for this team is obviously very high because. Not only is Jason playing great, Jalen is playing, you know, really well and, and, and had been playing some of his best basketball. Porzingis is a matchup issue across the floor. Derek White should have been an all-star. And then Drew Holiday is your fifth option, and he's like a you know, a second or third option on most teams. So I and you know, Al Horford off the bench uh is playing great. And when you're in the playoffs, you're gonna go seven deep. So, you know, Hauser has proven himself, Pritchard has proven himself. I just like where this team is. So to say that what would keep them from winning a championship is somehow not being healthy or somehow some other team catches fire. Um, but that's, that's the only thing I can actually think of. Like I don't see a weakness because even if you want to say, well, John, the bench isn't so deep and is that really how you want to roll into the playoffs? But like, yeah, but you go seven deep in the playoffs and, and the Celtics top seven is, is unbelievable. Uh, the other day, as we were texting, and you say that you're very optimistic and pleased with how this team is playing, <clears throat> just a little behind-the-scenes action here. We were catching up when I requested that you uh, make a little time for us on Sunday, if possible, and we were just you know going back and forth on our lives since we've known each other for a while. And you asked, you know, how are things doing? How how are things going on your end? And I said, I'm turning 50, still hustling. Everything's good. Kids are great. Works good. I just need some more sunshine and fewer angry sports fans in my life. And you wrote back, anyone angry about the Celtics needs to get their head checked, which I agree uh-huh. with because, there's, I mean, you'd have to almost my dad's line used to be, John, you know, if if people were complaining about something, people should be optimistic about. He's like, wow. And, you know, sometimes, Nico, people like to pick pepper out of fly crap. Um, and that's <laughs> kind of like and that's kind of like a. Some t- to a certain degree, like the Boston sports mentality sometimes. Maybe we just have to give in and believe, even though we feel like we've been burned by this team a couple times in recent years, that they do have it all together. Um, so I'd like to ask, in comparison, do you like the moves that they made at the trade deadline, which I still think is way too early, John, the moves that they made versus the moves that Milwaukee has made recently, like bringing aboard Pat Bev and now the latest, not sure if you heard this, Andy, Danilo Gallinari is mad at the Celtics and he signed with the Bucks to get revenge. Good luck. Um, look, I think the Bucks. Look, their defense has been so bad that anything can help, um, except for Danilo Gallinari. He's just he's toast. Uh, uh, the Knicks did well going back to the own Ananobi trade, but to get uh, Bogdanovich and Burks from Detroit that helps them a lot. Like the Knicks improved themselves the most, so. That they still they're still in a bit of a prove it mode because you know I want to see what Randall does in the playoffs and uh, you know Brunson for as good as he is I mean he's playing out of his mind he's still a, a very attackable guy in the playoffs and the Celtics have matchups across the board that they can take advantage of but yeah the 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 moves that the the East has made like like I said New York New York maybe strikes the most fear. Um, Philly is interesting because Buddy Shield gives them elite shooting if 
Joel Embiid gets back and can be healthy and can play playoff-type minutes, I don't know that that's going to happen. But if it happens, that, that throws Philly into a very interesting kind of dynamic because Joel Embiid is the one matchup that the Celtics could struggle with. And they have, they have Horford, who has played him well over time. But, you know, Embiid is, you know, he was playing at an MVP level before. So um, if you have to worry about Buddy Heald shooting outside of that, that would make that would make it uh, a very difficult series. But I've been saying, like, I, I, right now, and maybe, maybe I'm too caught up in the moment, uh, but I don't even see any Celtics series going seven in the playoffs. I think, I think everything would be six or less uh, just because they have matchups all over the floor and they're such a good defensive team. Who do you pick on? Like with the playoffs are all about matchups. And in any one of these series that you can envision, the Celtics have guys you can point to on each of these teams and be like, that's who they're attacking. That's who they're attacking. That's who they're attacking. Who are you attacking? Uh, against Derek White, Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kristaps Porzingis. Who are you attacking? That's going to be the, the biggest question. You can't attack any of them. So that's where that's where my biggest kind of confidence comes from. They have all the matchups. John, what'd you think of the uh, Jalen Brown performance last night in the dunk contest? And uh, overall, the weekend. Fitzy and I were talking earlier about the court. We both loved it last night. Oh. The digital court. Uh, what are your expectations yeah. for tonight? Building one at the house, John. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> I'm there, man. I'm moving in. Uh, I like the court. Yeah, man. I think that was good. I, I wonder how playable it is um, as far as just playing a regular game and when guys sweat, is it slippery? Jalen said it was slippery. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy that Jalen did, uh, as I tweeted out last night, he did some cool dunks and he walked off under his own power. So that's a win for, for Boston. Um I think his dunks would have won like the 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 2002 dunk contest. Uh, you know, nowadays it's the dunk contest is so it's impossible now because we've seen everything and these guys are doing like the dunks that Jalen did in a vacuum are amazing, but in a contest setting in 2024, it's like yeah, we've seen it. We see no, you put a glove on, great. That that's great. You put you did the same thing we've seen, but with a glove on, that's great. Uh, but they were they were good. McClung's were better. Um, I think uh, maybe uh, Toppin got a little bit robbed because his his one between the legs dunk just because it wasn't as forceful. Uh, I don't think he got enough points. But regardless, you know, dunk contest is what it is. I think I think they should replace the dunk contest with a dunk game of horse and have everybody try to match with each other. That, that That's what I think they should do with the contest. That's um, a great idea, John. That Because uh, here, I was telling Andy earlier that I let the I let the older boy stay up last night and watch with me, and he loved the three-point shooting contest, and he loved yeah. uh, Sabrina against Steph. And then we got to the dunk contest, and we both fell asleep. Yeah. Here's, here's my All-Star Saturday, my idea for All-Star Saturday. All right, let's hear it. Skill challenge out, one-on-one -on -one tournament in. Get these guys playing one-on-one. -on -one. Tournament-style one-on-one games to seven, championship games 11. I think we'd all watch that and see all of the, these guys would chomp at the bit to be crowned the one-on-one -on -one champion. Three-point shootout, get rid of the racks, move the racks in, get, the, get coaches passing to them. Like the coach would uh, uh, throw a batting practice fastballs in a home run derby. Yes. Have the coaches pass to these guys so it's catch and shoot. You don't, 
I don't understand how you don't do catch and shoot. Everything in, in the in the sport is catch and shoot. Uh, and now you're telling them to pick the ball off a, off a rack? Like, that's stupid. So get coaches involved, and then dunk contests will be a game of horse, or we can call it dunk. So you get four contestants, four four letters, and see who can match one another. That's my All-Star Saturday. Wow. If, only, if we had bright minds like that trying to fix the problems that we have in other aspects of this world, Johnny, I think we'd be going far and sweating less. <laughs> you just fixed All-Star Weekend. I love it. Uh, uh, any final thoughts? You know, what are we going to see tonight? We're just going to see Tatum and Brown. Oh, yeah. you, know, you know, I mean, I know went back to yeah, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference again this year, which uh, which allows is nice us to avoid. Yeah, thank. I'm glad about that too. So I, I think tonight's going to be the same old stuff. Like I don't think we're going to see anything special. My 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 thing. Like if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw the Rising Stars, which is four teams tournament style. That's I think that would be a great format for the All Star Game. Expand the rosters put like, you know, eight guys per team or seven guys per team, get a couple of subs in there. So that's what, 28? So you get 14 all-stars from each conference, split them up into four teams, do like tournament style like that and have, have that be your your uh, all-star game. Because I think tonight's just going to be a, lot, a bunch of loafing around and getting out of everybody's way and, you know, throwing each other alley-oops and all that crazy stuff. I, I don't expect anything. They'll probably try to get like Tyrese Halliburton the the MVP in his hometown in you know yeah. in front of his home fans or something like that. They pick a guy and say, "Hey, you want to be MVP? Here you go. Go score sixty. And I, yep. I, I I'm not expecting very much today. You can follow him on the Twix platform at John underscore Corrales. He's also on Cameo, so you can request a Cameo for all of your Celtics loving needs. Cameo.com slash John Corrales. And, of course, read him at the Boston Sports Journal. Johnny, great catching up with you, buddy. Hope to see you sooner than later. Thanks for making a little time for us. Uh, Bleed green, and we'll talk to you soon, brother. All right. Always a pleasure, my friends. Talk to you later. Thank you. John Corrales joining Fitzy and Hart on WEI via the Harbor One Hotline. 617 779 790 through 7. We'll be back to tidy things up in IL Celtics and then move on to the wide world of Patriots as the Six Rings guys do. This is Fitzy and Hart on EEI. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Boston's Sports Original. Man, you got to hate just when you have an idea. To maybe make a couple extra bucks or get your hopes up that a little green may find its way into your pocket thanks to the green, only to have one of the foremost experts in town tell you that your idea, while of good intentions, is likely to go nowhere, Andy. I felt terribly when John Corrales. Great job, Johnny, as always. We love his spots whenever he joins Fitzy and Hart here on the program on the weekends. And if you missed it, you can use the Odyssey app, rewind back, catch the podcast hour by hour, subscribe today, Fitzy and Hart. W- Good news yeah, is I... he agreed with the other bet that I placed, which was uh, Tyrese Halliburton over 20 points. I did that to... Uh, Tonight? A little sprinkling, yeah. Oh, what were the odds on that? What'd you get? Uh, plus 150? Something, Yeah, around that. I forgot exactly. But it felt... I wanted a little something on the game, if I even watched the game. So, yeah. And I agree with him. I actually should have looked. I was thinking of doing the Halliburton MVP, but I felt safer to just have him like a decent point total because they do. They always feed the hometown guy, the local guy or something. Um, so I feel pretty confident that he's going to Again, I'm going to be Andy. We're going to go right back to the old grumpy dad sofa here. The hell's the All-Star game started at 8 o'clock for on a Sunday night? Now, I know this is February vacation week, and whether yep. your town has a shortened vacation like ours does or the full-length vacation like most towns do, and you can let the kids stay up a little bit later. I get it. 
you want to grow the game. You want the kids to watch the alley-oops and the fancy passes and all the on-court antics and whatnot. Got to start at 8 o'clock and finish at 11? Come on. You're preaching to the choir here. I bitch about every start time, essentially. Every single freaking start time is bad. Super Bowl didn't finish till 10 minutes of 11. I mean, granted, that that went for... It was a long game. There was overtime. 40-minute usher took his shirt off at halftime. I mean, it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Was that Patrick Mahomes singing usher? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Um, I don't get it. I mean, I get it because it's what, you know, got to get the West Coast in. West Coast, yeah. Then do it on Saturday. Just do it on a different. It's dumb. Okay, we're getting older by the minute. I know. I get it. I get it. This is the get off my lawn segment. A little bit. Uh, and take Alec Van Pelt with you. <laughs> I don't know. I just think this should start earlier. But uh, I was peeking at the Celtics schedule coming out of the break. Obviously, we're all very high on the Celtics. Not only to have uh, a great rest of the season themselves, but also be the next team that we believe could raise a banner and lead a parade. And we keep saying that, and they have yet to be able to do it. But if they're going to do it, this is the year to do it. Otherwise... Next year will be the year to do it. But we think they can do it this year as well. Milwaukee, boy, they have just been in a in a bad way. Doc Rivers coming in to like keep the misfortunes rolling. You know, they're three and seven in their last ten, lost two yeah. in a row, headed into the break. They're twelve and four. They have a losing record away from home. Like yeah. they're not yeesh. good. They give up I, like they 140 points. What the hell's wrong with them? What is wrong they, with the Bucks? They don't play defense. And I know nobody plays defense, but they really don't play defense. People roll out of bed and put a buck forty on the board with them with regularity. Amazing. I wonder why people like the smartest bet you can make is bet the over in Pacers against the Bucks. My God. Oh yeah, yeah. No, neither and, of them and play defense. I was really stunned though with how um, John couldn't come up with a reason that the Celtics won't win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's like injuries, health. injuries if they get hurt, which, you know, that's the same for everybody. If if Jokic goes down, they're toast. If Giannis goes down, they're toast. Um, but other than that, and I couldn't agree with him more, there are a few things I think that is more overrated than when you talk about the bench in the NBA playoffs. You don't really need a bench. You need a couple guys that can kind of get in where they fit in. But, oh, well, you only have two guys off the bench. That's all I need. That's all I really need. I'm going to ride my horses to a title. That's why. Each and one of every one of my stars, like Porzingis and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, that's why they all have random uh, knee discomfort and uh, lower back tightness uh, when I need to rest them in a rotation throughout the season. We're gonna win with our stars, and that's it. So, uh, but I did find it interesting that he doesn't. I don't, he didn't really see anything that could derail them other than like a freak, freak happenstance where somebody does something crazy. Yeah, how about that? And I know people get mad and feathers get ruffled like, I paid good money for these seats and Jalen Brown's not playing tonight or Jason Tatum's got a maintenance day. What the hell is... People have their eyes on grander prizes, folks. I understand people were mad about uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis not playing on that particular Thursday night a couple weeks ago at the Garden and people wanted to see the stars and thought the Celtics would wipe the floor clean with them and it turns out that Austin Reeves put on a show the Celtics really kind of no-showed. Next thing you know, the Lakers win a game. So who knows? But as far as the schedule goes, second half of the season, I'm looking to kick things back up. Nice break, by the way, for the Celtics. Now, I know your two stars, your two studs, your two leaders are in Indianapolis for the All-Star game. But they'll get a couple days off. They don't kick it back off until Thursday. Very winnable affair on the road in Chicago. Then Saturday night. Now, Now we're talking. Next Saturday night, six days from now, 8.30 p.m., so it's one of those ABC ESPN co-broadcast late window 
Saturday mm. night primetime games. Yeah. Celtics at the Knickerbockers. That's what's mm. up. Mm. You like that, do you? I do. You like that. I do like that. Uh, a couple days later, then they host the Sixers. That'll be interesting. The Embiid free Sixers. Then the Mavs roll into town after a couple more days off. The Warriors roll into town. Then on the road against the Cavaliers, the Nuggets, and the Sun. This is a really Nuts. fun three-week stretch for the Celtics coming out of the All-Star break. Like, they stay healthy through this. They win two out of these every three. Yeah. That, then then we're there. That that's, what's, that's what we're talking about. If they struggle over these eight games and they're four and four, perhaps, or they have road woes and the Nuggets put one on them and then they have a hard time containing the Suns a couple nights later, maybe we'll talk again. But right now I'm with Corrales as well and you that the Celtics – should o- should hope to only not get in their own way on their way to that parade and championship. 617-779-7937 is your number. When we come back, it's Patriots time. Andy, would you like to, I want to put this one on you. Would you like to talk about the Dynasty miniseries first and, and how you've enjoyed it or not enjoyed it thus far and what you think the fan reaction is? Or would you like to talk coaches and coordinators and get into the trenches and the nitty gritty and maybe even do a little Elliot Wolf action? Coaches, coordinators, and nepotism in New England. I love it. We will go all in on the Wolfman and Company, Gerard oh. Mayo's new coaching staff, the general manager to be, and so much more. Then we'll do Dynasty. It's the back half. We're going to go into the turn, use the restroom, grab a soda and a hot dog. You guys should as well. We'll play the back nine of Fitzy and Hart coming up in moments here on EEI. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 